How's everybody doing today? Good, good to be with you all. I'm Craig. I'm continuing the series that we're in right now called Winning the War in Your Mind, of course, based off the of scripture and based off of the book by Craig Groeschel called Winning the War in Your Mind. See what we did there? Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I just want to just take a, like, right here at the beginning, just a, a theological moment. You know, the, that before you are in relationship with Jesus, you're bound or in slavery to sin. But when you're born again, that's when regeneration happens and you have this opportunity to step into this life of redemption and reconciliation with the Father where you are actually able to experience freedom from sin. That's what happens at the moment of salvation, but then what takes place from that point forward is the life of, here's the word, sanctification. This is where God is making you like him. He's making you holy. That's the work of the Holy Spirit transforming you. And, um, and what happens is we, we come to know God and we get the Holy Spirit but you know as well as I do that in that moment in time, at least in this life, it doesn't remove us from all of the stress and the chaos and the anxiety and all the issues of the world, right? And so this series that we're talking about today is not just about the ultimate war that is the, the war for your soul and for salvation. We know that Ephesians tells us in, in Ephesians 6 that the battle that we fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not in our mind. It's, it's against principalities and powers of darkness in the spiritual or heavenly places. And so that's the ultimate war. But what I want to talk to you about today is maybe like you could say a smaller war or a smaller battle. The, the battles that we face in this life, specifically in our mind. So even though we are in relationship with God, and if you're not in relationship with God, then today is your day, you're in the right place. But even though we're in relationship with God, we still have this life to live in these battles that, that are all the time raging outside of us. But you know the battles are not just going on outside of you, they're going on right in here. And so I don't think I probably need to spend too much time you know, describing all of the ways that you could be stressed out in this generation, you have experienced them and you know them well, from disease to politics to whatever. But people throughout all of time, not just in 2021 and 2020, have been facing issues, issues in society, issues in politics, issues in their own soul, and there's a battle that's been going on in the mind all the time. And so we're talking in this series specifically about God's plan for renewing and rewiring and reframing our minds. So I'm going to speak this message to you today. The title of it is, Don't Lose Your Marbles. And if you're Gen Z and you don't know what that means, it means don't go crazy in your head. This is a follow-up to J.O.'s message last week, which by the way, if you haven't heard it, you need to go. Raise your hand if you heard J.O.'s sermon last week. Wasn't that so good? And I just want to say this too. I don't know where he's at, but I just have to honor our pastor. Oh, there he is. Yeah, did you catch last week when he was confessing to us what he did to, to Miss Ray Dean when he proposed? And what I, would, I, what I loved so much is he kept saying, now I know you are, you know, you're going to say you're a jerk, J.O., you're a jerk. And, and, and yeah, you kind of were, but... <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was so awesome 
that somebody that we look up to and that we think, wow, you're, you know, you're so amazing now that, that we can actually relate. He was so stupid. And we are too. He got caught up in something that he wasn't planning. You know, he didn't mean for, but, but look at him now. There, there's, there's something that God can do in you. So what I'm here to tell you today is if, if you think, well, that's just who I am. I'm just messed up and nobody else is messed up. And, oh, I wish I could be like one of the pastors. We're messed up too. We're all in the same boat. And listen, God has reconciliation and, and re- redemption for us. And so, hey, thank you for your honesty. We appreciate that. I just want to pick up with the verse that he, uh, a couple verses that he was preaching on, three verses today. But before we do that, I want to give you just a few moments to stop and take inventory. As he was preaching last week, I found myself thinking, man, this is so good. I wanted to keep listening. But there was these moments, these questions that he posed where I thought I should really just slow down sometime and, and actually really take a moment to consider this. So I want to invite you to just bow your head and close your eyes right where you're at. We're just going to take a minute. The framing of this series was all about considering the mental ruts, the mental roots, the the trenches that you have in your mind, and I want to specifically give you a moment to consider, are there any negative ruts that maybe they showed up there on accident, maybe you've fed them and you've, you've helped them get there, but are there any negative mental patterns that you have? Just take inventory of your own mind. Don't worry, you're not gonna be embarrassed. Nobody else knows what you're thinking, just you and the Holy Spirit. When you consider the stress of the world that we're in right now, what is going on in your mind? How have you found yourself to deal with or not deal with stress and anxiety over the last 18 months? Consider what happens in your mind when you face financial struggle or something at work with your job and, and it's, it's a challenge or you don't know how, what, not just what's happening on the outside, what is going on in your mind? Is there a negative mental path that you've allowed to take form? Consider what goes on in your, in your mind when you're facing a relational struggle a fight, gossip, disagreement, miscommunication. How do you deal with that in your mind? What is your pattern? Only you know. Holy Spirit, we invite you now. We even would say we give you license to speak to us. We don't want to hide anything from you. We know that you only reveal things and highlight things because you want to heal them. You don't point things out in us to make fun of us or to bash us. You, you point things out because you have a better path for us. And so we invite you to speak to us now. The things in our mind, the battles in our mind, the war that's going on on the inside of our head, that if there's any patterns or pathways that are not from you, not your plan for us, that you would highlight those to us, that you would begin to bring healing. We commit ourselves to you in this time in Jesus' name, amen. Three passages I want to read, Romans 12, 2, J.O. read this last week, I want to remind you of it, it says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewal 
of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, the good and acceptable and perfect will. Uh, If you don't know this, the world right now is trying to invite you, entice you, pressure you, and persuade you to be conformed to it. Right? Social media and the news and everything out there is trying to force you to be conformed to the pattern of the world. And this has been going on throughout all of time. But what's the biblical invitation for us? That we would not be conformed to the ways of the world, that we would not be influenced, but that we would be influenced by the Holy Spirit and that we would be transformed by the renewing of not just our actions, our mind. Now, of course, the biblical message is not just a self-help message like do it yourself. It's a Holy Spirit help message that we would be transformed as we're saved, as we're regenerated, that the Holy Spirit now has an opportunity to sanctify us and to change us and to transform us in our mind from the inside out. And this this is what God has invited us to. Another scripture, Romans 8, 5. I wanna let you know that as As he is transforming us, you and I have a part to play. Romans 8, 5 through 7 says this, for those who live according to the flesh, not just talking about skin and bones, talking about the the ways of sinful humanity, the the temptations and tendencies of, of, of fallen nature, the temptations of the flesh, the pride of life, those who live according to the flesh, they do what? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, this is a choice now, they set their mind on the things of the the Spirit. For to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the Spirit is life and peace. I want to make sure you see this and you understand this, that, that the Holy Spirit wants to transform us and he has the ability and, by the way, the power and strength to do so, but we have a part to play. What are we feeding into? What are we setting our mind on? The flesh, the world, the devil, or the spirit? We see this sort of thing even take place when Peter says, Jesus says, hey, who, who am I? Peter says, you're the Christ. He has this revelation, the Spirit, the Father speaks to him, you're the Christ. And then right after that, Peter rebukes Jesus and he says this, you're no longer in the moment, a split second, you're no longer setting your mind on the things of the, the Spirit, but on the things of man. And so this is the battle that we're in, is that we, we all the time have this, this option, this part to play, what are we setting our mind on? And so what's the invitation? That the Holy Spirit would be allowed to rewire our mind. That we would help and take part in the rewiring of our mind. It says this in Philippians 4.8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, it doesn't just say do those things. It says think about those things. And so I'm here today to talk to you specifically about... What's going on in the brain when you learn? (laughs) Holy Spirit? (laughs) Let's rewire that. I'm here today to talk to you about rewiring your mind with the help of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take the scriptural, the spiritual, and we're going to talk about the scientific because I want to let you know that science right now, within the last 20 years, is just now figuring out what the Bible has been telling us all along in this regard. 
I mean, sci- the scientific community believed for, mo- for modern, uh, you know, the modern era that your, the way of your brain was set. It was, it was just, you couldn't change it. But what scientists are finding out right now, even scientifically, is this thing called neuroplasticity, which is this idea that you, your brain can actually, it's like plastic. It can be rewired as cells begin to grow. You, your, your conscious mind can actually instruct your brain to be, to be rewired. Now, of course, again, we don't believe this is just self-help, not just scientific. God is the God of all science, amen? God is the God of all truth, and he designed it. And finally, I'm just so thankful that science is now finally backing up what the scriptures have been teaching us all along, that there is a renewing that can take place in the mind. And so if you don't necessarily, you're not familiar with those concepts or understand this, I've got a video that I'd like you to see that will illustrate this for you. Let's hit that now. What's going on in the brain when you learn? In order to learn anything, whether it's math, a foreign language, guitar, or how to dribble a basketball, you need to create and strengthen pathways in your brain. Think about shooting a free throw. Know that feeling when you've got it down and don't even have to think about it? That's muscle memory. Here's the thing. Muscle memory lives in the brain, not the muscles. Your brain controls everything your muscles do, and it does this by activating specific neural pathways for each and every movement. These are functional pathways, neurons working together to achieve a goal. Say you're learning how to shoot a free throw. If it's your first time doing it, you don't yet have a pathway for that movement in your brain. You need to create it. Let's use an analogy to look at what's happening in the brain during this time. When you're first learning, your brain is like a forest full of trees and dense foliage, with no clear pathway between point A and point B. As you learn the mechanics of shooting a free throw, you create a trail through the forest. Now you can shoot the free throw because you've created that pathway in your brain, but you probably don't make many shots because it's so new. The pathway isn't very clear yet. In order to improve your free throw, you need to refine and strengthen the free throw pathway in your brain. The way you do that is through practice. Practice gradually widens the trail through the trees, turning it into a dirt road between A and B. You're starting to get pretty good now. You're making more free throws than not. You don't have to think about the mechanics as much. That's because the pathway gets stronger after each practice rep. And you've done a lot of reps. With even more practice, the dirt road turns into a paved road connecting A and B, allowing information to be transmitted at a faster rate. Now you're a 70% free throw shooter, and when you step up to the line, you don't even have to think about it. Eventually, with enough practice, what started as a trail has become a full-blown highway. Now you're a master, draining almost every free throw, and the movement is completely second nature. Scientists call this plasticity, and it's your brain's innate ability to create and strengthen connections between neurons. These connections are the path through the forest. So, obviously that's just a, a, a little picture of what, what actually is taking place, and it's usually the, the analogy of learning to shoot a free throw, but you know as well as I do that it's not just the things that you desire to practice and get good at in life that form these, these pathways or even these super highways in your mind. Oftentimes, the, the worst ones, the strongest ones, you could say, are the ones that you didn't intend for, the ones that you didn't want. So I'm going to, for the sake of illustration, if you allow me, these toys, by the way, are from my childhood. My mom doesn't throw things away. And these are the two hoops. 
that we're going to shoot in today. Let's just say for the sake of argument that, that this is like your brain. This is a neuropathway. This is a thought that you have that you feed into, and that's going to lead to words. That's going to lead to actions, and it's going to lead to outcomes. Let's just say for the sake of argument that the, the A-hoop is God's best for you. It's what God wants for you. It's what God has intended for you. It's the outcomes. It's the thought process. It's the words. It's the actions. It's the outcomes that he has for you. And let's just say for the sake of argument that the B is missing the mark. Maybe it's all out evil, all out sin, or maybe it's just, it's just not his best for you, okay? And so to illustrate like what the video was t- talking to us about is that as we feed and, and think upon something in our mind, it's, it's forming what starts as a little path. What it's, 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 it's starting to, to formalize a, a, a way of thinking in your mind. And, but if you, only, if you only think about something once and then never again, it's not gonna stay, right? It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be a rut or a road or a super highway. But we can actually feed that. We can intentionally choose. We can practice a free throw or we can practice gossip. We could practice something good, or we can practice anger. We can, we can speak over ourselves what? Not just self-help material, but the word of God, or we can speak over ourselves the ways of the flesh or the ways of the world or the ways of the devil. And so what's the scripture inviting us to do scientifically? It's, it's inviting us to Think about the things that are true. Think about the things that are lovely. Think about the things that are pure. So let's just think of a few examples here, okay? Uh, let's just say that, like, you at one point, you were maybe given a little piece of criticism. Right up to this point, you thought really well of yourself. Like, this, this is the, the path in your brain, and you thought, man, I'm a pretty great person, but, but your boss gave you a little piece of criticism, and what, that did something in you. It made you think, oh, man, I'm th- just a thought. Oh, maybe I'm a bad person. Right? And so if you're not careful, what happens is you start feeding into that negative thought, and then you maybe found yourself, without even trying, in this having this path in your mind and this, this pattern in your mind of when somebody brings some criticism or maybe even constructive criticism, you immediately find yourself getting super defensive because you've, you've formed this pathway in your mind and it's, it's not God's best for you, but it just sort of showed up because you, you thought about it, you, you, you pondered on it, you, you fed that thing. And what's the scripture inviting us to do? Not to set our mind on the things of the flesh, but to set our mind on the things of the spirit. Maybe you grew up and, and uh, you know, without even knowing that you're a child, and what you started to notice is that when dad comes home from work, what dad does every time, first thing he does when he walks in the door after work is he cracks a beer. And you see him every day after work crack a beer, and you just drove for 18 years thinking, oh, that's, that's what I should do. If I, when I go to work, I should come home and I should start drinking. And without even trying, you have developed this less than optimum pathway in your mind, and that leads to maybe actions in your life. Or maybe, maybe your mom growing up, you, you noticed that the way that she dealt with 
with relational conflict is in an un- un- unhealthy way. She would get in a fight or disagreement with a friend at, at maybe work or at church even, and you would notice that she would come home, and her, her response is that she would start calling all of her girlfriends on the phone and talking about what took place. And so without even trying in it, trying to, to form it in your mind, you just develop this pathway saying that, oh, that's how you should deal with a disagreement with somebody is you should call a bunch of people and gossip. And so what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that, that the invitation from the scripture is that we don't just live here, that we can intentionally choose to set our mind on the things of God. Right? right? To, set, to set your mind on the things of the spirit. J.O., I, I saw this clip today from one of your favorite shows, uh, The Family Feud. There was this lady that was on the family feud, and I kid you not, you should go watch the video. She was setting her mind on the things of the spirit. I don't know if you guys saw this video, but he, Steve Harvey, is that the dude's name? He's about to ask her this question, and he starts to ask her, and she goes, hold on. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Okay, let's go. Right in the middle of the game, he's like, I've never seen that in 11 years. And it was kind of like really funny and cheesy, but maybe we should activate the Holy Spirit and his thoughts instead of going back to this time after time. So maybe you come home after a, a stressful day at work and you find that the pattern in your life is that something stressful at work is now, you, if you're actually honest, you start to notice you come home and you're letting that come off to your kids or to your spouse. And, your tra- and so what you should do is you should walk in the door and you should say to yourself, I'm setting my mind on the things of the spirit. I am not going to let the things of work come into home. You're going to say, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am a man of kindness. I am a man of grace. I am a, you're setting your mind on what is true. You're setting your mind on what is pure. You're setting your mind on what is left, right? You see what I'm saying? And sometimes you miss. Don't, lo- don't lose your marbles now. Let me give you a couple of examples. My son, he's eight. I don't know how this happened, but I've noticed a pattern. Every kid gets scared, and I remember being scared at night, but I'm I'm noticing not just a pattern of him feeling fear and being scared, but I'm noticing that he speaks into it. And I don't know, like, the origin, you know, if you go to a therapist, and I I think there's probably something to this, but, um, you know, where's the root of that? And, And I think that that can be important. I don't know what the root of it is. The only thing we could think of is like this one time when he, was a, when he was really little, he fell asleep in the car and we wanted to let him keep sleeping so he pulled it into the garage, turned the car off, shut the garage door, rolled down on the windows, cracked open the garage door and let him keep sleeping. But he woke up and he started freaking out because he thought we left him. And I noticed that even from, from a young, his, that young age, he'll use this term with me, dad, don't leave me. I'm like, where did you get that? Why would I leave you? But he, and then at night, he's like, you know, leave your door open. I want to see you. Dad, where are you going to be? I'm going to be in my office right below you. Well, is the, are the doors locked? Yeah, they're locked. And by the way, God has this house. You're safe. But, he's, but I'm scared, Dad. And so, so he has now, I don't know how it developed, but he, what I've noticed is that in his little eight-year-old mind, he's feeding this, this fear with his words, 
creating this, this, this rut in his mind of fear. And so what do we do? We think about the things that are good. We think about the things that are noble. We think about the things that are true. We set our mind on the things of the spirit. And since he's not able to do that for himself yet, I'm gonna step in. So this is what I say to him now every night. Hey, Parker, say this after me. I'm Parker Brown. I'm Parker Brown, right? I am a man of courage. And then he mumbles it. I'm like, no, no, say it. I am a man of courage. And you say this, God has not given me a spirit of fear. This is God's word. I'm trying to hide it in his heart until he's able to do it from, I'm trying to rewire the brain that he has right now because he has a rut that's over here, but this is God's best for him. Everybody has an area. It's spiritual, but it's also scientific. Don't just say to yourself, well, that's, that's, how, that's who I am, that's how I am. Let me give you a really transparent, honest example for myself. Okay? Evidently, <laughs> Evidently, my face doesn't always match what's going on in my heart. <laughs> it's called facial non-reflectitis, and three out of ten adults in America deal with it. So I've been told that sometimes I don't smile or emote. <laughs> okay, so... So I was not aware of this, okay? I grew up for whatever number of years of my life just thinking that, you know, whatever, my face was normal. <laughs> you know? And then people started to point out to me, specifically my wife, hey, people think you're mad at them. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not mad at anybody. And by the way, if you've ever thought that, I'm probably not. Like, I'm pretty bold. I, I want to deal with stuff. So if I'm mad at you, I'll just tell you. I'm not mad at you. It's why, like, me and people like Ada, our secret handshake now is we're friends, and we say it together so she knows that I'm friends with her. So, so I started to realize, and this is where it starts, you have, to, you have to acknowledge that there's something that is maybe God, not God's best for you. Just acknowledge that there might be an issue, Okay. And so then you have to begin to rewire something that may have been wired in your head for 30 years. Maybe you, maybe you fed it, maybe you practiced it, maybe it just showed up unintentionally, but if it's a rut, you need to rewire it with God's word and God's truth to be what God wants for your thinking, for your words, for your actions, and for the outcomes, right? And so Jessica started telling me, and uh, hey, you know, people think you're mad at them, and and that's, it's tough. It, it's really annoying to try and have to deal with something that is so ingrained in you, and then you start to try and fix it, but the longer that it's been in you, the longer it takes. And so it's, it's, it's really annoying to me when it's like, man, I feel like I've been working on this, but then I still get it, but you know what? I don't get the comments as much as I used to. And I hope that you, if you know me, that you think that I'm, I'm growing in that area, but I'm not perfect because it, it takes effort. It takes rewiring. Of course, we all want to pray that the Holy Spirit will just, you know, deliver us from everything immediately, but, and some things he does and some things he invites us into a journey on. And so we have to, you know, when you first start, maybe it's like, 
you know, hey, I'm awesome, and then you realize, oh, nope, you actually make people feel not very good sometimes. And so you, you, have, to, you have to remind yourself, like, Lord, I am kind, right? And then, but then at the beginning, like, that it just goes away from you in, like, two minutes, and you forget. <laughs> but then you, you start to feed that pathway in a healthy way, and next time you say, you know, Lord, I thank you that I represent you, and, and I want to make people feel good when they're in my presence, and then you start feeding that pathway, in it, and then it, it, it only goes away from you after like 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, but you keep feeding it, and then maybe after like, the, you know, a day, or when things get stressful or whatever, but I'm working on this. In fact, I'm working on it so practically, I even do like silly, cheesy things, like I made a screensaver for my phone. It's just one word. Smile. <laughs> it's actually on my watch too. Smile. Because I have to be reminded. And I even found myself like it's starting to work. I'll be sitting in a meeting and my brain will be like, hey, what's your face look like? <laughs> Seriously. So I'll be like, and by the way, by the way, if I'm ever like this when, I, when you're talking to me, it's because what you're saying is so awesome and intriguing that I'm just thinking about it. Okay? I'm not mad at you. But I'll be sitting in a meeting and I'll be like, and my brain will like be like, hey, I'll be like, oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> apparently that's called emoting. So, <laughs> hey, I'm working on it. Here's the point. We all have our own flavor and our own brand of something that maybe you struggle with. I know I'm not the only one, and truth be told, my face is probably not the worst thing that the Lord would have me rewire and work on. And so I want to invite you one more time to just consider what are the pathways in your mind that either showed up or you have fed into? What goes on in between your ears when you face a stressful situation? When you get hurt and offended, when the criticism from the boss comes, when the fight with the spouse happens, when your friend, you find out your friend was saying something about you behind your back, when there's not enough, you know, dollars in the bank account and there's still more days in the month. What happens in your mind? What are the situations, and my guess is that in a room this size, people have different things that trigger them and different ways of coping and different things that you run to. Maybe, you know, maybe for you it was like one, one day, it was just a stressful day at work and you came home and you thought, I'm just gonna take the edge off with a, with a glass of wine. But then that like random thought turned into a, no, that's what I have to do every night to take the edge off. And then that turned into that buzz just isn't enough to quiet down what's going on at work. And so you drink two and three and maybe a whole bottle. Or maybe you were rejected in that relationship in high school, and so you, you ran and you found something on the internet that made you feel pleasure for a moment. And then you told yourself, well, that was just, that was just a moment. But then you just kept going back to that thing and back to that thing, and, and Lord knows that pornography is going to bore a deep and hideous rut in your mind. Can we talk about real things in church? Is that okay? or how you deal with anger, whatever it might be. So I wanna invite you to close your eyes one more time. And we're just gonna simply ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Maybe there's an action step that he wants from you. I don't know. I believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to every single person in this room at the same time in a different way. Think about the inventory that you've taken today of your mind and your mental ruts, your negative mental patterns, 
And let's just ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything that you want me to do to combat? How can I partner with you in this war? Maybe it's an action step. Maybe it's confess it to somebody. Maybe it's you find that one scripture and you memorize it and you speak it and you speak it and you speak it until it becomes true. Like J.O. last week reminded us when he was sick and thought he was gonna die, he just started speaking, Lord, I thank you. God's truth, not something made up, not self-help, God's help. Lord, I thank you that your word says, by your stripes, I am healed. And he began to rewire his mind to believe God's truth. Like the psalmist says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so Holy Spirit, we invite you now to speak to us. For each one of us in the areas that we've identified or that you have put your finger on today, negative mental patterns, ruts, any way that we're missing the mark and your best for us in our thinking, in our words, in our actions, in our outcomes, would you speak to us now, whatever it is that you want for us? I pray that you would even bring to light scriptures, truth, that we would reflect on what is true, what is honorable, what is noble, what is right, what is trustworthy, what is excellent and praiseworthy, that we would set our mind to think about such things. That we would not set our mind on the things of the flesh, but we would set our mind on the things of the Spirit.